So I'm going to start off, just to, I want to get engagement. I need you to engage with me at the beginning. So I'm going to be preaching on what's in a name. So Adam, if you bring up the first slide, I'd like you to tell me what you can see. So pick, what's on, the, on, the, on your left there? Tupperware. Okay, what's, what's at the top? Post-it notes. What's, what's on the right? Hoover. Now, there was a few people who said, now, the funny thing is, there, so Tupperware, is that actually what that is? No, because that's the brand name. That's actually the name. Many years ago, someone developed it, and, and because they've marketed it so well, generally, even when you buy something from Tesco's, you'll call it Tupperware. Post-its. I, I have had post-its on my desk for years at work, and I very, very rarely actually have post-its. They're always some other version of them from another company, but I still call them post-its because that's the brand name. Now, if you search on the internet, what would you call searching on the internet? Googling it, yeah. Again, there are many other search engines you can use, but most people call Googling it. I think it's even gone into the, into the sort of modern language that that's an actual term now. The other thing is I'm displaying this on something. I'm going to show you lots of slides. PowerPoint. A lot of people will call it PowerPoint. Now, so we're bombarded by marketing to, what, because names are really important. Last year, in 2017, Sky which most people would have heard of, in the UK spent $197 million on advertising. Now, can anyone name me a mobile phone brand? Samsung? Any others? Apple. So the last time they reported it, because they don't report it anymore, I think possibly out of embarrassment, in 2015, Apple spent $1.8 billion on advertising and marketing globally. And I just looked as, can anyone name me a fizzy drink? Diet Coke, yeah. So Diet Coke, Pepsi. Now Coke's pretty much the biggest. They spent last year on advertising. Then bear in mind, if I said to you, if you go into a, a pub or a restaurant and you want to order a cola, most people will ask for a Coke. Because the brand has been so implanted in our heads that we know that it is a Coke. But still, they spent last year, in 2015, 3.96 billion on advertising. This is amazing. And this is, this is a really, identity and names are a really big deal. It's important to know what these identities are. So that's where I just wanted to start, just to say this is our culture, that actually identity and names have real importance. So I'm now gonna, just going to read from Acts. So we're going to look at another name and how important it is. So this is Acts 3, verse 1 to 16. So this is the section on Peter healing a lame beggar. So one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going in the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate before called Beautiful. 
And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. So, we, we talked a little bit about the importance of names. And over the past 2,000 years, more people on the planet Earth have known the name of Jesus than any other name. Since AD 33, it's, it's estimated that eight Billion people have claimed to be followers of Jesus, and actually billions more have heard this name. Today, the name of Jesus can be found in 6,000 languages, and more are added every year. This is a name that has dominated the past 2,000 years of history, especially Western history. For most of us, uh, the name of Jesus has a sacred ring to it. It sounds holy and divine. But it wasn't the case where Mary and Joseph followed the angel's instructions and gave their baby his name. It was actually not an unusual name. Uh, The first century Jewish historian, Jophus, mentions that at least 12 different people he knew had the name Jesus, including four high priests. In Acts 9, we read about a Jewish false prophet called Bar-Jesus. In Colossians 4, Paul mentions one of his fellow workers, Jesus, called Justus. In some ancient manuscripts, the Gospel of Matthew refers to a robber released to Pilate as Jesus Barabbas. So actually, it was quite a common name. A name like, say, Jim or John or Joe would be for us now. But the common name, it was actually, he was named by design. In Greek, it is known as Esus. In Aramaic, the language Jesus spoke, Yesu. Both are derived from Hebrew, in which the name Yeshua or Joshua was made up of two parts. Yah, which was short for Yahweh, which is the Hebrew name for God. And Hesher, which means salvation. So hence, Mary and Joseph gave their little baby boy the name Jesus, which was Yahweh saves. Jesus was born into a culture where names were filled with hope and expectation. In biblical times, names meant something. They were more than just badges of identification. They often told others who you were and what purpose God had for your life. There was times people's names changed. So, for example, Adam meant the first man. Eve meant the mother of all living things. Abraham was the father of many nations. Moses, drawn out of water. Barnabas, the son of encouragement. And when Jesus called Simon into ministry, he actually renamed him to Peter, which was the Greek for stone. And Peter was the rock. So we can see that actually this name wasn't just picked at random. So in, actually, if we look at Matthew 1, you can see that. It is, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said to Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to make, take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So he was called to call him the name because these names had an actual re- a value. They had a reason. There was a calling on people based on their names. So Jesus was given the name for what he was to be called to do, to be the savior of sinners. And as Peter said in, in that portion in Acts, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Peter called him Jesus Christ. So the second part. Now, it might surprise some of you to find out that Christ was not Jesus' surname. <laughs> it was actually his title. It comes from the Greek word Christos, meaning anointed or chosen one. This is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word for Messiah. Jesus is his name. Christ is his title. It signified that Jesus was sent from God to be a king and deliverer. You can see this in both Daniel and Isaiah and some of the Old Testament. Jesus Christ means Jesus the Messiah or Jesus the Anointed One. In ancient Israel, when someone was given a position of authority, oil was poured on his head to signify being set apart for God's service. This happened to kings and priests and prophets who were anointed in such a fashion. The anointing was a symbolic act that was indicating God's choosing. For example, you may remember Samuel anointing both Saul and David before they became king. The literal meaning of anointing refers to the application of oil, but it can also refer to one's consecration by God, even if literal oil is not used. In the Old Testament, there are hundreds of prophetic passages that refer to the coming Messiah who would deliver his people. Now, ancient Israel had a very clear vision of what was coming. They were going to have a Messiah who would deliver them and bring the military might to overthrow the powers that had held them captivity for years. But of course, we know that that's not what the Messiah was. Jesus was there to deliver from the power and penalty of sin. One of the things that Jewish priests got so angry for Jesus for saying was that he took authority to forgive sins. This was one of their main things that they just couldn't accept. But we can see that actually that is what he was called to do. That was where he was coming. Jesus Christ sent from God to deliver us from our sins with God's authority. But actually, he did have other names. There were some other names that were used specifically. These are either names that were used by his close followers at the time or actually used by him himself. So one of the obvious ones was Lord. Uh, The Greek word kyros used for Jesus in the early Christian writings. The implication was his absolute lordship over the world. This was used during Acts and many of the after he'd when they were speaking about Jesus to make it emphasize that his lordship and his authority over the world. Now the one was logos or the word. Now Adrian spoke in quite a lot of details a few weeks back on this. This was specifically saying he existed at the beginning. It asserts that he's an eternal being, just like God. So son of God, again, this is referring to his relationship with God. He was the son. Son of man. Now this is, while son of God is affirming his divinity, son of man was saying that he was human. He had humanity. Jesus was a human. He was both man and God. And he experienced everything while he was on the earth as a man would. And then son of David. 
Now, son of David was indicating his lineage. So again, when we look back in that verse in Matthew, it spoke about Joseph being son of David. It was the line that he was born from. And that was physical descent. And that was prophesied as well, that he would be from that line. We also have Lamb of God. Now, we often sing a song called The Lion and the Lamb, which is talking about... Oh, sorry. The aircon's trying to blow all my notes away. <laughs> the Lamb of God. We often sing The Lion and the Lamb, and we're talking about Jesus. Now, in 375, St. Augustine wrote this really interesting quote that I found, which was, Why the Lamb... And it was for he underwent death without being guilty of any iniquity. And why the lion in his resurrection? For in being slain, he slew death. Which I think that's just a really helpful quote. But he went as a lamb. And it's interesting, if you look at the Jewish tradition of how they dealt with sin, there had to be a sin offering. And that was a lamb. There had to be a lamb for that sin offering. So this goes back to what Jesus, his name was. He was going to be savior for sinners. Now there had to be payment. So he had to be that lamb. There are other names as well, but I'm not going to go into all of them. But when we look at these names, especially the ones he used for himself, we have to accept that he was more than a great teacher. He's more than an enlightened man, more than a worker of miracles, more than a self-help guru. He's more than a self-esteem builder, more than a political liberator, more than just a caring friend, more than a transformer of cultures more than a purpose for the purposeless. Jesus is the savior of the world. Knowing who Jesus is, is fundamental to the saving faith that we have. If we've accepted the truth that he's our savior, we understand that he has done it all. And simply by grace, we receive it. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to bring anything. We just have to accept that he has done it all. We just earn our salvation by accepting him. We don't have to go ahead and do any service, any acts. We just need to trust in him. But the amazing thing is we don't have to do anything, but God actually wants to partner with us. He wants to stand aside next to us. So if we go back to Acts 3, when Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ Nazareth, walk. And then in verse 16, by the faith in the name of Jesus, the man who you see and know is made strong. It's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. Now, Peter, by using Jesus' name, showed who his authority and power had come from. It wasn't his own power to heal. It was authority from Jesus. The apostles do not emphasize what they did but they emphasized what God could do through them. It was not the name of Jesus that healed, but the person of Christ who gave power to their prayers. None of us can heal a sick person. None of us in this room. But I know a number of people in this room who have prayed for sick people who've been healed. I know a number of people who've been healed as well. And the reason is we get to partner with the Holy Spirit and he can heal in the name of Jesus. None of us in this room can read minds, but I know people in this room who've had prophetic words for me or pictures that have spoke straight into my situation and brought me encouragement. The reason is that the Holy Spirit can inspire truth to encourage and help people through prophetic pictures and words to help them through difficult situations or to encourage them to step out. We get to partner with the Holy Spirit and take the authority that we have in Christ.
Now, this isn't something that was a surprise. This is what Jesus told us he'd do. If you look in John 16, verse 22, he said, So with you, now in your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So we see Peter doing exactly what Jesus had said. Jesus said, you will ask for things in my name. He asked for that man to be healed in Jesus' name. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Jan actually spoke about being bold and stepping out in prophetic ways and praying for someone to be healed or just stepping out to encourage others. Now, I was drawn back. Sometimes I have notes, sometimes I have things. And a few years back, Colin actually gave a word. And Colin used to be a policeman. And Colin brought this word, and it was about his warrant card. Now, all policemen have a warrant card. Now, this warrant card gives them authority to perform the acts and police duty. So when they do things like anything that a policeman may do, they have to have this warrant card to prove they have the authority to carry them out. It's identity. It gives them identity of who they are and also that authority. And that's exactly the same situation. You know, is the fact that it's not an individual thing. That I can't say I'm now a policeman, I'm going to take the authority. You have to be given that. You get given that authority and it backs you up. But that's what we get. We get that authority. It's exactly the same for us. And we sung earlier about he can move the mountains. We can, we can ask in Jesus' name for these mountains to be moved. Not because we're going to be able to flatten the mountains. We can't do it. It's not that if you find the right person who's really good at praying, that they're the ones who can flatten the mountain. It's not. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. But I want to encourage you as well. We, we have values. Um, if you look in our news sheet, if you're, if you're new, it's one of your first, first visits to Beacon. We actually have our values of who we are. And a couple of our values that we have that you can also partner with the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you on this is, like, for example, hospitality and serving. Sometimes we think, oh, well, anybody can be hospitable. Anybody can serve. But actually, we can partner with the Holy Spirit as we do this. Now, I want to ask you a question. What's this? It's a mobile phone. Can anyone be more specific? Can you see from there? Oh, okay. Who is that? Someone over there? It's an iPhone. Don't know what, how do you know it's an iPhone? A guess. But if you used it for a little while, would you be able to work out it was an iPhone as opposed to an Android as opposed to any other phone? You would. But why would you? Because, well, it looks slightly different. Actually, the operating system works slightly different from other phones. There's certain things you can only do on this phone that you, can only, you can't do on other phones. So actually, the reason is it's not because it's exactly the same. Every mobile phone is different. But we can identify it because of the slight uniqueness. And actually, this is exactly the same as us. When we step out in, with the Holy Spirit again, next to us, there's a uniqueness in it. When we're hospitable to people, when we bless people, there's a uniqueness to it. There's a quote that says, you may be the only Bible that somebody reads or the only Jesus that somebody sees. So be encouraged by that. Don't be scared. I think it can be one of those quotes that you think, oh, my word, that's not good. So the only Bible people see is me at my worst. 
But actually, we can take it as an encouragement to say that actually, when we step out with the Holy Spirit and say we're going to do, we're going to do things in His name, it's actually people will see that and they'll be able to see Jesus through it. We get to advertise Jesus every day to the people we meet. Like we talked earlier about those brands, the name of Jesus is important because we want to we want to bring it out there. We want His name to be proclaimed. When we share how He has changed our lives, we are doing this for His fame. We want Him to be glorified. We don't want us to be glorified. Exactly as Peter, he focused every the apostles focused. The, the people who were coming to ask the questions about this healed man, they didn't point to the man being healed and how great they were. It pointed to Jesus. So I just want to encourage you that when we step out in the Holy Spirit, whether it be the big things, whether you step out in faith to pray for your friend who's got a, you know, a problem with their leg, if you step out in faith there, you're stepping out and you're pointing to, the, to Jesus to give him the glory. But if you just do something really simple, like inviting your neighbor over for a drink or going around to visit the old person next door who's perhaps quite lonely, all these things we can bless, we can bless him as well. We can bless and let them see Jesus through it. I've got a quote here which says, when you believe in Jesus Christ, the son of God, you have life in his name. There is, in fact, no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. So naturally, whatever we do in word or deed, we ought to do in the name of the Lord Jesus. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to encourage you that we have been given an authority that we often forget. We often forget that actually we feel that we're the ones who have to step out and it's down to us. If, have we prayed the right way? Have we spent enough time with God? Have we come to church? Exactly what Nathan said this morning. You know, do we feel bad because we have not going to church or disappointed that we've missed out? There's, there's, it's two different things. And I want to encourage you that the authority we have isn't dependent on us it's an authority that's given to us because of who he is it's not who we are so it doesn't matter what situation you're in you can step out in faith you can step out and be used by the holy spirit so i just want to encourage i think when i was often when i prepare these things i I read through and like try and get encouraged myself and there's times when i'll sit there and i think With two small children, I try and spend time with God in the mornings. And sometimes when they wake up at quarter to six, I find it's quite difficult. I'm quite tired. They're running around. And I'm like trying to focus on it. And I've got to a situation where I got to a point where I was saying, I feel bad I haven't spent time with God. But it was a guilt thing. It was, oh, I should have done it. But actually, I've come to a place now where actually I feel disappointed I've not spent time with God. But then I try and make time just to enjoy his presence. And I'm going to encourage in that. And it's the same when we step out in the Holy Spirit. Where Jan shared, when we step out and partner with the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a privilege. I want to encourage you. It's a privilege. It shouldn't be something that it fills you with dread. <laughs> it's a privilege. But it doesn't have to be those huge things. Don't sort of, if you don't feel faith to pray for someone to be healed, 
you can go around to your neighbour and have a cup of coffee with them and chat with them about their difficult situation. There's different levels of faith that we bring, but we can bring Jesus into all of them. So I just want to encourage you this morning just to be reminded of that authority, that he is with you through whatever situation you're in. I'm going to, we're going to have a better time. I just want to encourage you just to, to ask God how he wants you to partner with him, how you should be partnering with the Holy Spirit. I don't know your situation. You know where you're at. You know where you're at with your work situation, your family situations, all these things. And God has put you in these places specifically to bless the people that you're with. I don't know your friends that well, necessarily. I mean, some, some, of, some people here are my friends are their friends, but there's a lot of people in this room. I don't know your friends. I couldn't go up to them and talk to them and, and make a difference in their life and be able to share Jesus with them. But you could. I don't know your families, but you do. He's put you there for a reason. He's chosen you. He wants to bless the people around you through you. He wants to bless them through you. We get to partner. He, he's desperate to bless them. That's the, that's the most exciting thing about all this. He's desperate to bless them. He's desperate to bless you. And he can do it through you. So I just want to encourage you. Just be asking him, where are the areas that I can partner?